This is Marla Gibbs, also known as Florence on the Jeffersons, Mary on 227, and you're listening to TV Confidential. The ball game will get underway right after this word from Aurora. Ed Robertson, hoping you're enjoying this encore presentation of TV Confidential. We'll be back with a brand new edition of the program next week featuring singer, actress, and producer Lucy Arnaz. Please join us for that. In the meantime, Bill Grace is with us for part three of our tribute to Vin Scully. Vin Scully, the legendary voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Vin Scully passed away Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022 at the age of 94. The program you're listening to right now originally aired in August and September 2015. Phil has put together a retrospective of the early years of Vin Scully's broadcast career. Audio courtesy ATV Audio Dot com. Now, uh, we in our, in our previous segment, Phil, we were listening to highlights of the 1959 uh, World Ch- Championship Dodger team. Uh, this next clip we're going to hear, we're, we're not only going to hear highlights of the 1963 Dodger team, but uh, we're going to hear the story behind some of those historic calls. One of uh, Vince Scully's very, very difficult tasks, and he writes uh, in a letter to me, which I'm going to quote, a letter I received from Vince Scarlett in 1997. My associate actually received the letter after he wrote to him, and we gave him uh, this particular clip, which basically I recorded at the time, and it was peerless. He says, Mel Allen was a good friend of mine, and it really broke my heart to have to relieve him at that time. I have always thought their best for the grace of God go I. What he was discussing here was um, a very unusual moment where um, during the last game of the 63 World Series, in the ninth inning, Marlon began to do the play-by-play, but he could not continue after uh, one batter. And um, his, his, his voice gave out. And Vince Curry literally takes over and finishes that ninth inning. And um, as Vince Scully mentioned in the letter, it broke his heart to have to do that. And it was uh, basically uh, the last uh, World Series that Mel Allen actually did. He was with the Yankees one more year before he was fired. Okay, with that in mind, we will go to the tape, as they say. October 16th, 1963, Vince Scully uh, coming to the rescue of Mel Allen uh, audio courtesy Phil Grice, Archival Television Audio. Dodgers out in front, two to one. Bobby Richardson, the batter. Struck out, double to center, and grounded to short. The Dodgers on the verge. One ball, one strike. Two and one to count to Bobby Richardson, and Mel, we all understand. Just hang right there, boy. Bobby is one for three. Hit into right center. That's going to drop in. Base hit. And the Yankees are still very much alive. Vin Scully uh, uh, coming to the rescue of... Mel Allen uh, behind the microphone of the of Game Four of the 1963 World Series between the New York Yankees 
and the Los Angeles Dodgers, audio courtesy Phil Grice, ATVAudio.com. And look, stuff happens in the moment, but uh, broadcasters take care of each other just as true professionals take care of each other, uh, you know, reacting to the moment and helping, helping each other out. Yeah, and I like the way Vince Garley says to the audience, you know, we understand. And, and it happens very abruptly. It's, uh, you know, if you listen very intently to that audio light check, I can listen to some dialogue that's going on. It's very hard to discern. But um, I, would, uh, I would think that maybe Mel Allen gave the approval to take over. Something was being said, and then all of a sudden Vince takes the microphone and says, we understand. And it was right in the middle of a, of a Richardson count. So, you know, it, 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 it was unusual, very unusual. And um, I, I'm glad I recorded that because um, I've never heard that clip ever from anyone, any resource. Um, and it would have been lost to uh, history, especially since uh, Vince Scully did it so elegantly and he made the transition so elegantly. And it speaks against uh, Vince Scully and the way he handled himself in the booth. You know, the, the, the amazing thing is, is, again, I mean, because he takes care of himself and he always speaks of that kind of steady timber, you know, never, never too high, never too low, even when there's an exciting moment. I mean, he never stops being Vince Scully, which is one of the reasons why he's able to, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's had moments. Where, I mean, in fact, there was one moment a couple of years ago when he couldn't make the broadcast of, of, of opening day at Dodger Stadium because he had a really bad cold. He couldn't perform. But those moments are rare and far between, which is why he's able to continue going as strong as ever, even well into his 80s. Well, uh, he has to be taking good care of himself. I mean, no, he's 87 years old. He's going to be uh, 88 uh, November 29th. He's in great shape, and uh, like you said earlier, his voice, the timbre of his voice, sounds like it uh, is in 1955 today. It's very hard to discern a different timbre, um, and it says something for the way he uh, is blessed uh, in terms of his genetics and how he uh, certainly takes care of himself um, in terms of health. We mentioned in one of our previous segments, Phil, that uh, Scully has called three perfect games in the course of his long storied career as a broadcaster. One of those games occurred 50 years ago, uh, 1965, September 1965, if I have the date correct, and that was, uh, that, that was a game called at Dodger Stadium, a no-hitter pitch by Sandy Koufax. September 9th, to be exact, 1965, um, Sandy Koufax, when he first came up with the Brooklyn Dodgers, he was a bonus baby, he was very wild, and uh, initially he did not pitch that much, similar to uh, what we discussed a few weeks ago regarding Ben uh, Scully not uh, announcing that much when he first came up with the Brooklyn Dodgers, but gradually, like Ben Scully got to be premier number one in terms of announcing Dodger games, Koufax became the premier pitcher, not only of the Dodgers, but of the major leagues. And by this time, with his arm basically hurting tremendously, uh, he had one more year before he retired because of his arm, he did get the opportunity to pitch a perfect game, and Vince Scully was uh, in the booth calling it. 
Ben Scully behind the mic. The final moments of Sandy Koufax's perfect game against the Chicago Cubs pitched on September 9th, 1965. One and one to Harvey Keen. Now he's ready. Fastball high. Ball two. You can't blame a man for pushing just a little bit now. Sandy backs off. Mops his fired, runs his left index finger along his fired, dries it off on his left pants leg. All the while, Keen just waiting. Now Sandy looks in. Into his windup, and the 2 1 pitch to Keen. Swung on and missed, strike two. It is 9.46 p.m. Harvey Keene, one strike away. Sandy into his windup. Here's the pitch. Swung out and missed the perfect game. Vin Scully calling the final moments of the perfect game pitched by Sandy Koufax of the Los Angeles Dodgers against the Chicago Cubs on the night of September 9th, 1965, audio courtesy Phil Grace, ATV By the way, much has been made of the fact that Vin Scully mentioned the time of the no-hitter at the in the in the final moments of that September 9th, 1965 broadcast. Vin Scully talks about why he included the time. Uh, of that broadcast in this clip we're going to hear from an interview he gave to Roy Firestone on ESPN in 1989. Sandy had already done that three times. And I'm thinking as the game is going on, because Sandy was a good pal, and by now I'm much older and et cetera. And uh, I'm thinking, what can I do to just make it a little special for Sandy? I came up with the idea, which is the worst idea in the whole world, because it doesn't mean anything in baseball. I started putting the time uh-huh. on the tape. Well, I put it on just for Sandy, figuring he'd be sitting there with his grandchildren, and here they did the exact same time, and strike two, and it's 9.38. When the game was over, the biggest impact in the city was they thought it was the most dramatic, theatrical calling of a game because he had put the time on it. And it was pure for him, right? not for anybody right. else. Vin Scully discussing, uh, telling Roy Firestone why he mentioned the exact time of the of Sandy Colfax's no-hitter on September 9, 1965, as the game progressed. Audio courtesy Phil Grace, ATV audio.com uh, we've been mentioning we've been playing highlights of Vin Scully's work with both the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Los Angeles Dodgers as we mentioned in one of our earlier broadcasts Phil uh, Scully of course is also known uh, for his work as a play-by-play announcer for the NFL as well as his work on CBS covering many PGA golf tournaments which you may not know is that Vin Scully also uh, contributed uh, to television outside of the realm of sports. Uh, he hosted a game show uh, for a couple of years on NBC called It Takes Two, a celebrity game show uh, that ran in the late 60s, or late, late 60s, early 70s on NBC. He was also the announcer 
on an old Screen Gems show produced by Harry Ackerman called Occasional Wife. So he, you know, uh, in, in his heyday, he crossed paths in a lot of ways on television. And also, um, he uh, hosted uh, the Vince Scully Show, which was a um, variety series, uh, short-lived only three months, from January through March 1973, um, and appeared uh, as a guest on the Jonathan Winters Show. He did some other guest appearances. He did make the rounds. For a brief period of time, he, he, was, he was not only doing sports, but he was doing entertainment. He was during entertainment, and we're during entertainment right now as we pay tribute to the early years of Vin Scully's broadcast years, specifically covering the years 1955-1965 with our friend Phil Grass as part of the Sounds of Lost television. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. One rare clip, in fact, uh, as we close our tribute to Vin Scully, Phil, one rare clip is is from a broadcast on, on NBC television, a celebrity softball game featuring a film and television actors uh, competing against Major League Baseball All-Stars, one of which is your friend Woody Allen. Well, Woody Allen uh, once wrote to me a number of years ago about that particular game because um, he was playing left field, and I'll quote, I have the letter in front of me, just the sentence that uh, pertains. He says, I recall that awful softball game at Dodger <laughs> Stadium. Willie Mays popped out to me. And when you listen to it, I mean, I think that's memorable to be able to be out in left field and catch a fly ball hit by Willie Mays. And it's interesting to listen to Vince Scully with Jerry Lewis being uh, the color commentator, and we talked about how typically Vince Scully would do solo in the booth. This is a good example where uh, NBC insisted that he have uh, help, and Jerry Lewis was there to assist. With that in mind, uh, Vince Scully with Jerry Lewis uh, behind the microphone, November 28, 1967, NBC's first annual All-Star Celebrity Softball Game. Well, hi, everybody. This is Ben Scully from Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. And for expert analysis and the inside of today's game, here is Jerry Lewis. Thank you, Vince. This is the Jewish Joe Garagiola talking to you from Dodger Stadium in this first annual celebrity tournament. Let's listen to them on the field. Pearsall is retired in a rundown, one out, fairly now at third. Here's Willie Mays. Mays, you remember, struck out in the first inning. He'll be crazy about you for that. High pop wide is shallow left, and Woody Allen makes the catch. Supervised by Peter Clark and Hugh O'Brien. Barely tagged to score to make it three to nothing. All star. That Woody certainly is in shape. Going to the gym every day has really worked for him. Vin Scully alongside Jerry Lewis calling the action from the first annual All Star Celebrity Softball Game broadcast on NBC on November 28, 1967. A game that uh, featured uh, the likes of James Garner. Milton Berle, as well as Major League Baseball All-Stars Jimmy Pearsall, Willie Mays, and Ron Fairley. Ron Fairley, of course, I think was still playing for the Los Angeles Dodgers at the time. 
audio courtesy Phil Grice ATV audio.com. You know, I just I, I realize it's a different occasion, but uh, uh, here, here and again, you either like Jerry Lewis or you don't like Jerry Lewis. But it's like listening to Jerry Lewis cut in on Vin Scully. You see why Vin Scully works solo. I didn't appreciate Jerry. I like, I like Jerry Lewis in, in certain venues, but yeah. not as a co-announcer with Vince Scully. He was trying to be too cute, and he was taking something away, you know, from the magic of uh, a celebrity uh, softball game. But um, again, that's just taste. You know, some people would love uh, to uh, see him uh, in the booth uh, alongside of Vince Scully all the time. Um, I, I feel that um, Vince Scully. Deserves to be alone. He does the best work alone. He certainly is a um, an encyclopedia of anecdotal material. Uh, he knows when to be quiet. He knows when to be uh, obviously with uh, storytelling. He knows how to describe a moment. He brings a magic and an imagination to um, a ball game. And uh, we've we've heard some of these wonderful moments that were. Um, Basically, uh, as we stated, scoliosis, and uh, he's endearing, and um, we're hopeful that um, he sticks around a while longer. Well, we're hopefully six around a longer. We we have a clip in which Vin Scully talks about the possibility of retirement. But before we play that, just one final note: that little clip of Jerry Lewis. I mean, it. I mean, Jerry Lewis made it about Jerry Lewis in that moment, whereas Vin Scully, all he never made it about Vin Scully. He always made it about the moment that was going on on the field, whether he was calling a game for a Dodgers for the Dodgers or whether he was calling a game on a national level. It was always about the game. It was never about Vince Scully. An excellent point. I agree. Very, very true. You're listening to an encore presentation of a special edition of the Sounds of Lost Television featuring Phil Grice, in which Phil celebrated the early broadcast career of Hall of Fame announcer Vince Scully. Vince Scully passed away Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022, at the age of 94. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. In this final clip, Vin Scully reflects on the possibility of retirement, audio courtesy, ATVAudio.com. you ever see yourself saying bye-bye to the Dodgers? Or? No, I guess not. Uh, George Burns is so funny. Somebody said, you know, how long are you going to live? And George Burns said, I just want to be around long enough to see who gets Brooke Shields. Uh, I'm not that, that funny. Uh, I don't know how long I'm going to be around. But uh, as long as I want to be around is as long as I get the goosebumps, and I still do. Vin Scully talking to Roy Firestone from a conversation that originally aired on ESPN in 1989. So, okay, that was more than 25 years ago, uh, Phil. And, and And now the amazing thing is, again... You know, as someone who still listens to Scully today, at least from a from from a listener point of view, he certainly gives the impression that he that he still gets the goosebumps. Uh, you know, calling the Dodgers today, and 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 Scully has said this for one of the reasons why he has continued. He's he's enamored of this particular mix of Dodger team right now. It's a very interesting collection of players, and uh, you've got not only you have uh, Yaziel Puig. The wild horse, as, as as Scully himself called him, but you've got you have Clayton Kershaw, who is the anchor of the Los Angeles Dodgers pitching staff. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, who many broadcasters and many baseball people have likened to being the closest thing to Koufax today. Clayton Kershaw being the closest 
to Sandy Koufax in modern day baseball. And and again, this goes back to to how I began our conversation, Phil. I'm not a Dodgers fan. I like Vin Scully and I like Clayton Kershaw because there are a lot of things he does right. And even even when he beats my favorite team, the Giants, I mean, I like Clayton Kershaw. Well, um, hopefully Vin will decide to come back for a 67th season. In uh, 2014, um, and I'm going to quote him, he stated, uh, it is uh, very difficult to say goodbye. God willing, I will be back next year. Over the years, I have been blessed to have so many friends, including those that sit in the stands and listen, as well as those at home who listen and watch. It is just too hard to say goodbye to all these friends. Naturally, there will come a time when I will have to say goodbye, but I've so searched, and this is not the time. And that was last year. And hopefully he will feel the same way uh, with regard to... uh, the uh, 2016 baseball season. And in closing, um, it's, it's, it's a footnote to longevity. When Vince Scotty first came up in 1950, he got to meet Connie Mack, who was still managing the Philadelphia Athletics. And uh, he had been in baseball since 1886. So here you have Connie Mack, who has consecutively been in baseball as a player and as a manager from 1886 to 1950, and Vince Scully in baseball from 1950 to the present, 2015, both amazingly active for 66 consecutive years. That's 132 consecutive years related to two individuals. Um, We want then Scully to stick around as long as he wants to, and hopefully uh, season number 67 will come about. Uh, Speaking personally and speaking on behalf of our listeners, we are blessed whenever you share snippets, and again, snippets, because Phil has, you know, has 15,000 hours of rare, unheard, otherwise lost audio. Uh, from the first uh, 25 years of television. And whenever Phil plays a sample of that collection and shares it with our audience, we are blessed and we are always grateful for the contributions you make to our program, Phil, and we are looking forward to our next conversation. Thank you very much for the kind words, Ed. Uh, it's always really been a great pleasure for me to do these uh, TV Confidential Sound of Lost Television uh, sessions with you where we've been doing it for a number of years. I look forward to a number of more years, just like Vince Scully. Hopefully we'll continue for a number of more years. And uh, it's always easy doing these shows with you. And uh, I always find to uh, uh, be amazed at um, something new to come to you with, which uh, we'll do very shortly. For more information on Phil Grice and archival television audio, go to ATV audio.com. Tony Figueroa will be with us for a special edition of This Week in TV History right after this. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at 
TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.